0: From the creators of The Consolation Project, this is Keeping Up With Christianity. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up With Christianity. My name is Alrin Lovu, and I'll be your host again for this show. This show is episode 4 and we're going to be dealing with something we all use. Unless you live under a rock of course, but this is social media. So the title of this topic will be what social media got to do with it. So as we all know, if you've got a phone or a tablet, we all use social media. We could easily say that social media is taken the world by a storm. Now what you consider to be social media, well I'll leave that to your own interpretation, but social media are basically platforms that people use to communicate. And now social media has sort of like gained momentum in the world we live in. And not only momentum, its functions have improved or rather have expanded to texting each and other every day to using it for business and our promotion of our music and our videos. So social media is clearly broad. And that's why I said it's taken the world by storm because everybody can find a use for social media. Now, there are many platforms out there that cater for pretty much every social aspect of human life. There's platforms to make new friends, for dating, to listen to music, to watch videos, to get the latest on what's funny, news, day-to-day communication, business, business, sorry, and even Christianity. Even if you live under a rock, it's very unlikely that you have not been exposed to some sort of social platform. Like Apple likes to say, there's an app for everything. So even if you're under a rock, there's an app for that. Think about it. Or just look through your phone for a moment. Like on my phone, for example, I have WhatsApp, I've got Telegram, I've got Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Pocket Cast, and more. And each platform appeals to a different need or let me say want in my life. But what we want to talk about today is how important social media is. Is it all that good or all that bad? Or maybe it's in between. What part does it play in the world today? How can Christians specifically, who are big social media users, by the way, use it to better the world or use it in a way that does not go against God's instruction in his word? Does the Bible talk about social media? If so, where? How does this information apply to the rest of the world? Advice on what to stay away from? What one should definitely have? All this is coming up in this episode. Now, we're going to look at a couple of facts on social media. And for the first article, I did a research on a website called Make Use Of. And these are basically 2016 social media facts and statistics that we all need to know. So here goes. Over 75% of all internet users use social media. So social media sites used to be an auxiliary tele- territory sorry, to internet land. But it's become clearly that these kinds of sites are now bread and butter of modern web activity. I think we can all agree to that. If you aren't connected already, you will probably be hooked come 2016. So this is what the article is saying. It's saying, at that time, 2015, 70% of all internet users use social media. And it's dominating the internet. And if you're not on some social media platform, which I doubt, By this time, end of this year, I mean, you should be on something, whether it's WhatsApp, which is the media platform that I think most people are on, or you're on Facebook. Okay. Second point, for younger users, Instagram is more important than Facebook and Twitter. I agree with that. I think Facebook has sort of passed its time. It's good for business, like for your pages and stuff, but you know, day-to-day communication, people are getting off it because, you know, you've got tons of friends, but you don't really talk to them. A lot of the time, it's just to check the feed and watch other people's lives. A lot of people stalk on Facebook. So Instagram is more useful to people. I've noticed it's it's more interactive in the sense that, I mean, you're looking at beautiful pictures. You get to share your life in picture form, but you can also in back, inbox sorry, and stuff. But you would know. What do you use more, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or maybe some other thing? Now, here are some statistics. Instagram is one of the fastest growing social networks, and this was in 2015. According to eMarketer, there are over 77 million Instagram users in the U.S. alone. And that figure is estimated to break 100 million by 2018. Crazy which means that one out of every three people in the US would be using Instagram by that point. Now, this is quite crazy. And I think that's the reason why Facebook bought it because of the fact that it's growing so fast. It's definitely going to be great for advertising. As you know, that Instagram now sort of brings in advertising into the mix. So it's a big moneymaker for Facebook, I'm sure. So by 2018, imagine 100 million years users if we've not gotten there already. Now, LinkedIn, this is usually targeted for the professionals. I've got a LinkedIn account, but to be honest, I just do not use it. The value of LinkedIn is proportional to where you are in your career path, which is true. I think if you're bigger in your career path, you're bound to use LinkedIn more. It says it's where you need to be if you want to build new business connections and relationships. And it's been that way since 2002. It's especially important to fresh workers in the workforce of the 400 million users growing. 39 million students are recent college graduates, and that number is still growing. In a poll of 1,300 millionaires, at least 41% of them used LinkedIn regularly. Imagine what could happen if you struck up on a connection with one of those millionaires, which is good food for thought. I mean... If you bump into a millionaire and let's say you just strike good contact with them, you never know where that could take your career. But yeah, guys, that's uh, LinkedIn. Number four, most social networks are evenly split between males and females, except Pinterest, which is used by 40%, 42% of females, but only 13% of males. In comparison, Facebook is used by 77 versus 66. Instagram is used by 29 versus 22. Twitter is used by 21 versus 24. So it seems like guys use Twitter more. Hmm. And LinkedIn is used by 27 versus 28, almost even. For the age group of 18 to 49, YouTube has greater reach than any cable network. That's crazy, right? YouTube actually reaches more people than our typical TV cable networks. This statistic actually first came to light back in 2013. But the truth is that YouTube's popularity and reach has grown even more since then. YouTube is massive, but crazy enough, Facebook is still bigger. That's really crazy. The largest online dating site is actually a social network called Badoo. I've bumped into it, but I've, I've never used it. I, I just know it exists. So this is news to me as well. Cupid, Tinder, Adult Friend Finder, Ashley Madison. All of these sites have a higher public profile than the humble Badoo. But the truth is, Badoo has the largest membership base by a long shot. How many of you guys use these things? Well, I don't use any social dating sites, but you can imagine Badoo is the biggest. Reddit is the best social network for large scale communities. I mean, I think some of you guys haven't even heard of these things. I mean, there's some stuff that I haven't heard of, like Friend Finder, Adult Friend Finder, and Ashley Madison. so you can already tell that social media is like a broad thing. Reddit, I've, I know it, I've, I've come across some articles on it, but I've never really used it. How many of you guys use it? So on the 10th anniversary, Reddit had just over 36, wow, million user accounts spread across 850,000 plus subreddits, which are individual communities. And approximately 10,000 of those subreddits had some activity just yesterday. So like every day they is activity on Reddit. How many of you guys uh, use Reddit? Like, what do you use it for? If you can, then just comment on the comment section below if you have one and let me know. Or visit us on our Facebook page, Keeping Up With Christianity, and, and let us know how you use Reddit or any of these social media platforms and how they've changed your life. Okay, so let's continue. Social media encourages the development of more extreme viewpoints. This is so true, guys. How many movements or speak outs have you gotten from social media? People are more expressive of themselves. The beauty of social media is that it hands over a lot of control to the end user, but this control is a double-edged sword. It's great for finding like-minded communities, but it demolishes the diversity of ideas. I'm not sure how this, how does social media destroy the diversity of ideas? I guess maybe it's because some opinions can be known as the norm, especially with advertising, it, it can be known as the norm and you don't become diverse because you accept that certain standard, especially if it's like a viral idea. Okay, another one, teens need to be more aware of privacy and security issues. In general, people just aren't very good about personal privacy and security, but teens are especially bad with it. This is so true. Only 9% of teenage social media users even have concern about privacy of their data. How private are you on social media? Like how much do you consider your privacy? A lot of people think WhatsApp is trying to, you know, eat out on their privacy. Some people have blamed Facebook for it, but how do you guys keep your social media secure? How do you sort of post, let's say it's a Facebook post or Instagram. How do you guys keep, It's I know Instagram, you can make a private feed and then accept people as they come. But with with other things like Twitter, how do you guys go about it? If you guys have any tips, let me know. I normally just post publicly, but I guess it's because I normally just post like inspirational stuff or I don't really post stuff that creeps into my everyday life. So how do you guys handle that? I'd really like to know. Number 11. One wrong social media post can ruin your life for good. This is so true, guys. We've heard this on the news. One mess up, one bad picture, one bad post, it can ruin your life for good. And sometimes it's not because of you. It's just because the way other people perceive things. You have to, there are rules you need to follow. You have to be careful. They call it politically correct. So, and most of the time, we have to be politically correct. Correct. Whether it's an edgy tweet that gets taken out of context and riles up an online mob against you or a badly timed joke in poor taste, which lands you in prison, one mistake could send your life spiraling in an unexpected direction. This is true. I don't know if anyone of you have experienced this. I'd really like to know. Okay, so we know the facts. Social media is big. There's different types of social media that appeals to different types of people. We've got those facts. It's not as secure. We've got those facts. And sometimes the underdogs are more bigger than the so-called big names. And we know that males and females use it for different reasons and they have got different uses for different types. But I think the crucial point is, does this social media affect our health? Why I'm saying this, guys, is we can all be on social media for hours and hours and hours. Sometimes I'm disappointed in myself. I look at myself. And I'm looking at a screen the whole day. At work, I'm looking at a screen. On my phone, I'm looking at a screen. When I'm at home doing work, I'm looking at a screen. And social media, especially when it's on your phone, that's where you're on the most. When I'm at work, I've got a tab open for social media. And the question is, isn't this affecting our mental psyche in some way? Is social media all that innocent? Or maybe it plays a part in some of the issues we have today? So, we're going to look at some health facts. I got these from two places. The first one is degreed.com. That's their blog. And the other one, I got it from an article in LinkedIn. As always, I'll put these in the description below, whether it's on the podcast or on my SoundCloud on my Facebook, you will find information for this so that you can read for yourself. And I think that you guys should just, you know, read a little more about it. So We all know, we all use social media, but like, let's be honest, guys, how much social media do you use? Some of us sleep late at night, two, three a.m. just because we're looking at our phones, social media. I'm always complaining about my girlfriend's use of social media. She's like always on her phone. And sometimes I'm guilty of that. But um, I believe I've gone better, but it's crazy, guys. It's something we need to be realistic about, how much we use social media. And this is because of, Point number one, social media is addictive. Studies show that 63% of Americans log on to Facebook daily and 40% log on to Facebook multiple times each day. Is this you? People use the site for myriad reasons. However, it usually serves on some level the same basic purposes. Distraction and boredom relief. Likes and comments are positive reinforcement for posting information, making it difficult for a person to stop. Researchers have found this so common that they created a scale to measure this addiction. It's called the Burge Facebook Addiction Scale. You guys should check that out. The Burge Facebook Addiction Scale. So it's crazy that how we're driven by likes. I I mean, how many of you have posted something that you actually thought was cool? And only to find out it's not getting any likes and you're like, ah, man, maybe this wasn't as cool. And then you want to delete it or you post a picture and you're wondering why you never got likes. Or you post something and it gets so many likes and it just boosts up your pride like on other levels. I think we've all gone through this. This is a psychological thing. So imagine that, guys. This is just America. Imagine if we combine how many people do this around the world. What do you think? Is a percentage for your country. Like Africa, I know we get addicted to this stuff. America, as we've seen the results, I don't know. What about you guys? Number two, social media makes us more aware of our lives, especially in relations to others. So it says social media makes us compare our lives with others. And this is why it says that. Posts on social media many times present an idealized version of what's happening what something looks like or how things are going. This can lead users to constantly compare themselves to others and think less of their own lives. If things are going particularly well for people in your newsfeed and you're having a rough day, of course, this will likely negatively affect your mood. In fact, in 2012, a team of researchers in the UK surveyed users, 53% of whom said social media had changed their behavior. 51% said it was negative behavior because of decline in confidence they felt due to unfair comparisons to others. This has said it all, guys. Like, I, I, I have to testify to this. Like, for me, there are times in my life where I would look at people and I'd see them getting degrees and I haven't even started varsity. I'd see them getting cars or traveling. Like, have you noticed how many things people like to share. And sometimes you're like, what the heck? You know, some people share things unnecessarily. Like, I went to gym today. Wow, it was great. Look at my muscles. I mean, we're all different and we've got different hobbies. So I I can't really say what to share and what not to share because we are different. But I mean, there's some things that people share that make you just wonder. And maybe that's because we're different. So what is cool to them isn't cool to me. But we share unnecessary stuff like vlogs. We're trying to vlog on Facebook. I went to the toilet. I went to the bathroom in a five-star hotel. It's, it's ridiculous sometimes. But when you see people having fun, traveling and stuff, and your life is pretty mundane, it plays with your psyche. And you, most of the time, you're like, I wish that was me. And because it's not you and maybe things in your life are just horrible, you start feeling bad and sometimes you even want to lie or you want to change your life or you're just stressed. I've been through this, especially when I was younger, just looking at people's feeds and seeing them being in places I want to be that I couldn't be really gave me stress. And it really helped actually cutting off social media, just focusing on my life and not focusing on what people were doing. It actually helped. So this is true. Number three, social media makes us restless. Out of the same sample as the one we just talked about, two-thirds admitted to having difficulty relaxing when unable to use their social media accounts. Now imagine that you are so hooked onto social media that you cannot stay still. You cannot relax because you haven't played with social media. And a lot of us are here. And guys, look, this is nothing to be proud of. This is so serious. Imagine something like your cell phone or social media, a bunch of code to make a platform, a web platform, is actually controlling your life. It's determining when you sleep, when you have a real social conversation. And I think why this is so important, we are approaching the holidays now, guys. And if you cannot get off your phone, how are you going to get to meet new people or even bond with your family? So some people can't relax just because they never check their account. Ask yourself the question, Can you actually take a break without looking at your phone? Number four says, social media gives rise to cyberbullying. I haven't really experienced this, but I sort of get where it's coming from. Cyberbullying is an enormous concern, especially for adolescents. An organization that aims for internet safety called Enough is Enough conducted a survey that found 95% of teenagers who you social media have witnessed cyberbullying and 33% have been victims themselves. This is so sad. If you cyberbully, it is nothing honorable. But I trust that the people who are listening to this are pretty mature and they don't do that type of thing. But in any way, if you have, look, it's not worth it. It's not something to, to do. It doesn't benefit you anything. And if it's something you've been going through, maybe take a break off social media or maybe Live your life and be less concerned of what people say. Unfriend them, block them. I mean, you've got those tools. Just do not be bullied. Never allow it. Number five, social media glamorizes drug and alcohol use. True. Imagine those people who post themselves drinking and partying. I mean, social media gives you that platform to do those things. It says a study that explored the relationship between teenagers, social media, and drug use found that 70% of teenagers aged 12 to 17 use social media and that those who interact with it on a daily basis are five times more likely to use tobacco, three times more likely to use alcohol, and twice as likely to use marijuana. In addition, 40% admitted that they had been exposed to pictures of people under the influence via social media suggesting correlation between the two factors. Although a correlation is all it is, it makes sense that social media would amp up the amount of peer pressure to which teenagers are exposed. 100%. I could not agree more with this. You're looking at people having fun and they're displaying a life that drinking and smoking and partying is the way to go. And that's all your mind is bombarded with. Eventually, you're going to want to, do that because you think it's cool and you don't want to be left out and you're going to be doing the very same things and the cycle goes on and on and on. Now, this is the same thing when it comes to the music we listen to and the movies we watch or the things we just expose ourselves. Constant bombardment sort of makes you accept it. And that's why they say if you continue sinning and not really see the deep nature of sin, you are going to see sin as something light and you're going to keep doing it. So it's something we need to pay close attention to. Christian or non-Christian, this thing affects us all the same. And the reason why I'm picking topics like this is to show that even Christians go through this. Christians use social media and they're affected in the same way. There's some Christians that don't sleep at night because of social media. There's some Christians out there, yes, us, we're drinking because of this peer pressure, marijuana, drugs, cocaine, because of this peer pressure. You have to be careful what you expose yourself to. Jesus once said in the Bible somewhere that what goes in doesn't really defile a person. It's what comes out. So what is coming into us? Fine. It's coming in. We can't really stop it in a lot of ways. But how it changes you is what really makes the difference. Okay. So we're going to the next one. Six. Social media can make us unhappy. True. A study from the University of Michigan collected data about Facebook users and how it correlated with their moods. Simply put, they found that the more avid users were overall. Um, sorry. Simply put, they found that the more avid users were overall more happy than those who used the site less. Over more time, avid users also reported lower satisfaction in their lives overall. Social media is not the key to happiness, guys. A lot of the times it brings more stress because, I mean, you catch so many people's lives. Some people are saying someone died. Some people are saying they lost a job. Some people are achieving things that you wish you could achieve, but you're not achieving. Sometimes you've got your enemies on that thing and they enjoying life or they giving subliminal messages to you. The next thing you know, you're having a social media war between them. It's It's crazy. A lot of the times, social media does not make us happy. It can, it can, if we're communicating with family here and there and checking out here and there. But if it's something you do all the time and you cannot take a break, you are not going to be happy. It's going to mess with your psyche in one way or another. Number seven, social media can lead to fear of missing out, aka FOMO. Yeah, fear of missing out. And that just goes back to what we we're saying before, that You look at someone having fun and you're wondering why you aren't there, why you aren't doing the same thing, why you don't have the same privileges. So you don't want to miss out. And as a result, you then try to emulate those things because you don't want to miss out. Now, fear of missing out is a phenomenon that occurs when you feel pressure to be doing what everybody else is doing, attend every event and share every life experience. It can evoke anxiety and cause social media users to question why everybody is having fun without them. Surveys have even found that people feel insecure after using Pinterest because they feel that they aren't crafty or creative enough. This is true. For me, this is not really, well, this is true because sometimes I see people, because I love design and art and uh, media. And sometimes when I see people doing things that I can't do or crazy stuff, even on YouTube, like. I like watching sometimes uh, Sarah Ditchie's vlogs or Casey Neistat or even the Christian Joe Solomon Chase God TV. And I look and they're doing these crazy things. And because I'm so stuck on social media and not really trying to do anything outside of it, I am sad. Why can't I do this? I should be able to do this. Or why are they having fun? But all I need to do is just take a camera and do the same thing. And, you know, it can really blind you to stuff that you can do when you can, you know, So social media has that effect. Anyway, it goes on to say Facebook and Twitter can make people feel like they aren't successful or smart enough. Just like what I was saying, it really does do that. So as we know, there's there's just a whole bunch of stuff about social media. Now, number eight, social media often leads to multitasking. This is true. If you work, you know that if you at least if you're allowed, you've got a tab, social media tab open. How many tabs do you have open right now? That's the question this article asked. How are you even concentrating on one thing? The thing is, you're probably not, especially if one of those tabs is a social media site. Research has shown that our brains don't have the capacity to fully focus our attention on two things at once. And instead, multitasking causes your brain to quickly switch from one task to another, just like you do on your phone. This hinders information processing and productivity. Closing your Twitter feed can seriously help you get some work done. Can I get an amen, y'all? How many people believe in this? Just close that stuff. I've seen it. When I just close my social media account, I'm not distracted. For me, it's not Facebook or anything. It's YouTube. I can be on YouTube the whole day and I'll totally lose track of work because of YouTube. See, I'm a Christian. I go through these things. It's an issue. And I know that in order to keep up with the high standard of Christianity, I have to be able to put my full attention to everything I'm doing at a time. I don't think there's anything wrong with multitasking. Sometimes you need to do more than one thing at a time, but you can't call social media an important thing that you have to do in addition to other things. Maybe if it's trying to do work but also trying to deal with a client on this other side, then it's it's understandable but social media guys, it shouldn't be given that much attention so. So far, we've been dealing with the negative aspects of social media and I don't want us to think that social media is all bad. I use social media, I respect social media, I love social media. So let's take a look at the positive things. How is social media good for us? First, and the most obvious perhaps, social media enhances our connectivity. A paper linking social media usage to the Freudian ideas of the ID, ego and superego cites many examples of positive psychological effects of social media. Perhaps one of the most important points is that social media doesn't necessarily take us out of the real world. It can instead be used to revive and preserve relationships with other people. Yes, especially if these people are far away from you. Right? Cool. So it goes on to say, research presented in the journal, the British Psychological Society, found that students who experience low self-esteem can take advantage of social media and it's a capability to bond them with others in order to pull themselves up from slumps in their mood. This is really true. And then the last point is even more exciting about this technological world is that there is an incredible number of like-minded people who you can connect with in just one click. So that's a positive thing. I keep quoting Social, uh, sorry, psychology things because I love psychology. I studied a bit of it. So I, I really like the way it goes into the mind and helps us understand things that we normally would not understand on our own. Number two, social media can help with socialization. This is true. I think it's easier to socialize first on a social media platform than, you know, face-to-face at first. Sometimes that's twin tens. So you started off on a social media platform, get to know the person, then link up you guys would have already built something. It says, Research presented at the 119th Annual American Psychological Association found that introverted adolescents can actually gain social skills by social media. In part, this is because shy individuals may feel safer behind a computer screen or smartphone or tablet or, well, you get the idea. It's everywhere. Dr. Larry D. Rosen, who presented the information, also stated that teens were becoming very good at virtually expressing empathy towards others. Number three, social networks help the business in a variety of ways. Traditional marketing mediums such as the radio, TV, commercials, and print ads are completely obsolete now and demand for thousands of dollars. However, with social media, the businesses can connect with their targeted customers for free. The only cost is energy and time. Through Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social media site, you can lower your marketing costs to a significant level. So for those business people and marketers, there's a tip. Social media costs costs easily. And even if you do advertise on social media, like on Facebook, sometimes you pay only something as little as $4 or less to boost a post. So social media can help you reach greater audiences for a little bit money. Four, social media networks have removed all the communication and interaction barriers. And now one can communicate his or her perception and thoughts over a variety of topics. Students and experts are able to share and communicate like-minded people with like-minded people and can ask for the input and opinion on a particular topic. Number five, which is the last one. Another positive impact of social networking sites is to unite people on a huge platform for the achievement of some specific objective. This is very important to bring the positive change in society. So guys, these are the positive things. There's so many positive things. I mean, you can say for yourself what's positive about social media, but as long as we have that balance, we understand what's negative about it and what is positive about it. And then you find your way on how to interact with social media in a way that's not harmful for you. So you know that it does mess with our psychology, even our health, sleeping late, guys, worrying, stress, depression, all those have other factors. You can actually get other diseases because of those um, initial symptoms. So you need to be careful. And as Christians, imagine, think about it. Some of us can spend hours on social media, but not read the Bible or pray. Sometimes I can easily, and look guys, praying and reading the Bible is difficult because it requires us to get into a spiritual space, you know, because we are carnal and we normally like things that have nothing to do with God. But now think of the time you spend on your phone or on the TV or on on some other distraction. We so easily would do that and, you know, shun the Bible. So it's just something for us to think about. Now, what does the Bible say on social media? Social media, of course, didn't exist in the Bible then, but did God foresee such and does his word cater for us? Like, does it advise us in terms of social media, how to deal with it and its effects on us? Let us see. How are Christians supposed to use social media? How are people supposed to use social media to make the world a better place? First verse, Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So whatever you use for your social media for or whatever platform you choose, it must be just, it must be pure, it must be lovely, it must be commendable, it must be excellent, worthy of praise. Focus on those things. That's what the verse says. And look, we, we cannot really categorize some like Facebook. We can't say it's bad or good, you know. It's how you use it. So what you post on your wall, what you share, let it be just. Let it be commendable. Let it be lovely. Let it be excellent. Let it be worthy of praise and praise to God. Message to Christians, okay? Habakkuk 2 verse 2. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. That's pretty self-explanatory. Social media gives us this opportunity to write the vision, to write ideas, to write messages to the world. We can make things plain on social media than we could in other forms. And whoever reads these things may change. There's so many people I've influenced just by my posts on Facebook. Sometimes it's a quote, a spiritual quote or something, or it's a Bible verse. And some people have followed me and some people I'm friends with now because of those things. So, It's interesting how you write and then people read and then they run. Run means do something about it. So what you post can actually get someone to do something about something. If you're posting health, someone may want to change their health. Posting church things, someone may want to be a believer. Whatever you do, you have influence. Matthew 15 verse 11 and then 17 to 20. It says, and he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, thefts, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat, with unwashed hands does not defile a person. How do we link that to social media? What you take in via social media? Sometimes someone posts a random post. Sometimes people swear. I would say like block those people. If you're not going to unfriend them, at least stop following the, the feeds. You can do that on Facebook, I know. Sometimes you get to a place and then there's just a whole bunch of different thoughts and ideas. That thing coming into you has the power to influence you. But you have the power to choose what, how much it influences you. So what comes into you is not the bad thing, but what comes out. What you allow what has come in to come out is what makes you uh, sort of a bad or good person or makes you defiled, as the Bible says. So what you allow to express itself within you in terms of your actions or your words, this is then what defines you. Luke number six, verse 45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the house, his mouth speaks. So this is pretty simple. Whatever is in your heart based through what you take in is what you will reveal. And sometimes not what you take in, it's what's there already. So what you post on your social media defines the person you are. It sort of shows, it gives people an idea of who you are. The Bible says by their fruits, you shall know them. So what you post on your social media or how you use your social media is an indication of the type of person you are. And some of us want to be like, no, I'm different from that. But no, trust me, what you do, just not social media, what you do determines the person you are. You give people an example of who you are. Whether it's a bad day or not, it says something about you. Now we're going to conclude. Best practices, like I want to show you guys how I've used social media and how it's affected me and then what I've done to sort of be better and make it not affect me. Okay, so this is me and social media. Like I told you guys, social media has affected me because I have been jealous. I have had social dysfunction, information overload, distractions, some subliminal influences in those messages. Like I said, at, at times I'd even take reality for Granted. The truth is, social media has this effect on us because we are always looking at other people's lives. We stop to appreciate the good that God has done in our lives. So that's one thing with social media. What I did to get rid of this is to take a break from it and also prayer and just being content with what I have, even though I do not have everything, just being content with what I have. That helped me. So be content, mind your own. Business and realize that your life and the lives of other people are different. Don't expect your life and other people's lives to be the same. They're different. Accept that. Embrace your life. Move forward in your life. Be an inspiration with your life. Don't allow other people's lives to hold you down. It's their lives. It's their blessing from God. Be happy for them. Do not covet. It's one of the commandments. So, as we've learned, social media can be a great thing when used in moderation, but the Bible teaches us to practice moderation in all things so it's something we have to do if we exceed our threshold then we invite all sorts of issues especially mental stability and psychological unsoundness we looked at this in the facts before this whenever you go onto your social media platforms ask yourself how will this change my life for the better how will it change someone else's life for the better do i have a justifiable reason for being here is there nothing better i can be doing this is hard guys. But it's true. How is that ownership of that profile helping you? How is it helping others? And for you to be there, since time is of the essence, do you have a justifiable reason of why you're on that social media platform? Take time to take a break from the information highway. Switch off your phone, put it on silent, take a walk without it. um, Work on that project you've been holding off. Make an earnest effort to make real physical interaction with people in your social circle. Take time to pray or read your Bible, linking the word with everyday life situations. For me to be able to link social media to the Bible, it, it shows that I have read my Bible to such an extent that it can be real to me in many ways. I'm not the perfect Christian, but reading your Bible a lot really helps you deal with life situations because you can link everything you use, everything you do to what God's word says. So take a break from your phone. That does not help you in any way and pray, meditate, get stuck into the word. Instead of always digesting content, be a creator of content. Find the necessity to be a contributor. A lot of us are just taking in people's lives, people's holiday, people's wives, people's husbands, people's relationships, people's children, people's everything. The successes, we know more about them than we do about ourselves. But because we do not take time off to actually create our own content, to actually contribute to the community, then we're stressed. Be a contributor, not a consumer all the time. Do charity work. There's so much you can do. All you need to do is put those gadgets aside and start thinking of things you can do outside of social media that actually helps people in real life. A lot of us are comfortable. You know what? I post verses people read, so yeah, I'm doing good. No, go out there and help somebody. Do something. Call somebody. Make it real. Make it something tangible. Instead of always looking down, take time to look ahead or above you. I mean, when you're on our phones, we're always looking down and we miss many opportunities. Even future spouses Because we're always looking down. We never get to see those people that could really benefit our lives. Take time to look into your own life and be content with it. Stop looking at other people's lives. Chances are most of what we see there is all staged and not true. A lot of what we see there, it's staged. You know, in photography or videography, there's something called controlled environments where your light is controlled, your sound is controlled. Everything about that environment is controlled, so it makes it look excellent. But the reality is outside of those few moments that those people have fun, they've got drama. Picture someone going on a trip and they take pictures of a nice place. Great. But sometimes those people are either there for free, they do not pay for it, or they have only been there once and they will never go there again. Some people just feel like they need to share because they're insecure. That's one thing. Some people are insecure, so they just feel like they need constant approval for people, whether it's selfies or pictures of their bodies or pictures of what they've done in their lives. It's all because of a place of insecurity. And this is not for everyone, but a lot of people do that because of that, whether they know it or not. So chances are it's staged and it's not true. So when you're going through hard times, don't be fooled by others. Everybody's going through a hard time in this world, okay? There's more to say on this topic, but I guess that's why we have the comments below. So let's talk about this. I don't want this to push too long. So be sure to subscribe, like, and share this podcast if it's of help to you and if you feel it will help others. I normally don't say this towards the end, but it is so important, guys. If you're on iTunes, rate it, review it. It would really help us go up there, like especially on the featured place and then a lot of people can see, oh, this thing exists and they will download and we'll spread the word to more people. I'm not perfect, guys. It's Not the best podcast yet, but I'm getting there. But I really do take my time to do this for you guys. So please, guys, it, I would really appreciate if you shared all that I'm doing for you guys. Another thing is comments, comments, comments. I mean, we could start a viral conversation that can be of help to other people. So do comment. I know sometimes we just want to listen and then we don't you know, comment, it's it's cool. It's cool, but it would be great if you guys could actually just comment and then it would help me get more content. It will help me see where my mistakes are. It would help me help you guys even more above this podcast because it's only a few minutes. So that's all for today, my friends. Have a lovely life. I just want to point out that I'm sorry that I delayed with this one. A lot of things have been going on in my life and yeah, it's been hectic. Sometimes I don't get the time to actually record this podcast. But now I actually just decided to record it. I'm fresh out of church. I decided, you know what, if I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it. So let me do it for those, for my fam. I'm going to record this podcast and that's what I'm doing now. Another thing is next week, I will not be releasing another podcast because I'll be on holiday and I don't want to carry a lot of stuff. I'll be going to Cape Town in South Africa for about 10 days. So I do not want to carry a lot of stuff. So I'm going to skip that week, but I will come back. My girlfriend suggested that I talk about forgiveness. So that's the next topic we'll be dealing with. Forgiveness. How real is it? How easy is it to forgive people? Is forgiveness just something that we all can do or it's really difficult at times? So we're going to be dealing with forgiveness and how to really forgive and how practical it is to forgive, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian? Are there levels of forgiveness? Are there things that are unforgivable? Does the Bible say that? What does the Bible say about all these things? Pray for me as I'm going to really need to look deep into myself with this because there are some things that, some, some things I haven't even forgiven, some things that make me still bitter. I love you guys. I love you guys. And I appreciate the support on this podcast. So this is me, Alren Lovu, And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. bye.